What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Guildcast. Gary Gannon's GameBreaker.tv. This is episode number five already. Ah, this week on Guildcast, we're all about the Guild Wars 2 lore. I think me and Mr. Mike B, it's going to be like uh, schools in session for this episode. <laughs> First, from Massively.com's community manager, Ruby Bear is here. Hi, Ruby. Hi, how are you? Good. Going to get way to get schooled on some lore. No, you're telling us everything. You read all the books, right? I told oh, you yes. to. All of them. Everyone, front to all back, right, back good. to front, left to right, right Did you to read left. all five? All five. All ten. I read <gasps> ten of them, actually. <laughs> and joining us... Imaginary books. Star Wars The Old Republic's expert ball handler, Mike B. What kind of a show is this? I'm not sure. Don't know where it's going <laughs> right now. <laughs> this it's is okay. the drunk show. Okay. It yes. is. This is the pre-drunk show. You have to kind of get into that mode first. And then, then you can go in there and be obnoxious. So, yes. Thank you for having me again. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Yeah. So let's get to it. The, uh, the crew of Guild Wars Insider got to spend some time with the ArenaNet crew. And uh, they uh, published a really pretty quite lengthy interview with uh, Guild Wars 2 game designer Ree Sosby. Uh, Ree's uh, the writer of the upcoming Guild Wars 2 novel, Sea of Sorrows. I've already read it. I've already read it. It's not even out yet, but I've read it. Um, <laughs> as well as <laughs> the lore and community uh, continuity designer for, uh, for Guild Wars 2. Um, the article delves quite deeply into like the lore behind the game, unveiling a ton of details uh, for the lore fanatics among us, which, Ruby, I know you are. Uh, the interview kicks off... Pretty much diving into what it what it must be like writing for Guild Wars 2. And they talked they talked a bit about how it worked. And it's kind of interesting about the mechanics behind the job. So they dropped this number. There's almost fifteen hundred dynamic events have already been designed for Guild Wars 2 so far. And uh Reese said that, that it's just a huge undertaking to keep track of it all. Um so Ruby, I, I want you to now tell me what all of those fifteen hundred <laughs> dynamic events are and make sure you get every one of them right. Yes, and if I don't remember them, I'm in trouble, aren't I? You are in trouble. Actually, you know what? This is so funny because they talked to her. They were like, how on earth do you keep track of all this stuff? And she goes, we have a wiki. Uh, Ree and Jeff Grubb, he's one of the other writers, and she said they actually keep a wiki because they can't possibly – they wrote this stuff, and there's no way they can possibly remember all of this. Um, she told this great little story about how she'll like be working on something, and she'll be like really deep into working on an Asura part of the game, and somebody will walk up and ask her about – like I think she said like a Norn something, and she'll just stare at them with a blank look <laughs> on her face. Kind of like, 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 like what I do with you on this show. I just, you know, really, what, what is that all about? Yes. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm in the Asura lands right now. We can't talk about that because that's not where my brain is. Well, there's got to only be. But, I mean, what is oh. that, what's that weird statistic about like how many – something with advertising, like how many things your brain can sort of consume in a day and then you just – it completely shuts down and you just cannot remember that stuff anymore. And I imagine when you're working on it day in and day out and you're constantly writing this stuff, there's just a point where your brain is just like shuts off that part of the brain, forgot what I wrote last week, I'm writing this. <laughs> yes, enough. Got to turn it off. That's That's just too much. 
So, but it is, I mean, she said they actually have to keep a wiki and refer to it between the two of them so they don't screw stuff up. Maybe we need that. We, we could use a wiki. Guildcast wiki. Like the idea that sounds that. pretty genius, especially for handling that much stuff. I mean, I can't imagine going through. I mean, half the time, half the times I talk to you, Gary, over Skype about stuff, it's like by the, by the two hour point, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to just be like, let's make this decision because we feel like it, not talking about it anymore. So let's <laughs> go ahead and end the call now. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't imagine. That's probably the way things are going with that. We have 1,500 dynamic events that you have to like, organize and, and, and maintain that organization. Uh, that's insane. I mean, obviously they're doing it because they don't want to like mess up lore, right? I mean, that's pretty much the goal here. They don't want to, like, intertwine yeah. things and have things just not make sense because people will call them out on it. 1,500 different things. Someone's going to find the two things that just don't <laughs> gel together, and it's going to be a huge 100-page forum thread, and it's going to be like, wow. You know what I can't wait to see about this, that, that 1,500 number? And, Rui, maybe you can tell me a little bit about this. Is um, I, 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 I got to wonder how diverse all of these 1,500 events are actually going to be. I, I for some reason, feel like in Guild Wars 2, it's not maybe going to be, like, uh, like other games we may have seen where sometimes they feel very repeated, you know, that, that the, the dynamic yeah. thing is sort of like a template that keeps being used. Am I right in thinking that like in Guild Wars 2, they're actually much more diverse and, and feel the encounters are just all over the place and not really kind of adhere to a certain thing? See, I feel like they are. And also a lot of the fit people that have been like a real real fans for a long time, They've heard the same things over and over and over. I mean, we've heard like the little tiny dynamic events where you have to save the you, the farmers like, oh, rabbits are overrunning my watermelon patch. Mm -hmm. That's one that we've heard like a thousand sure. times and everybody likes it. So it's like a little, and it's just like a little fun side thing that you can do. And then you've got the giant dragon and some of these dynamic events scale up for a hundred players. Um, I mean, like as people arrive, more monsters will like, come crawling out of the water. That was something that I saw when I was playing a dynamic event, is that things came crawling out of the water to join the fight. Um, they'll develop new skills, and they will, they will physically get stronger. Um, so you've got them, I mean, up to that kind of huge thing, and you've got the big dragon, you've got the goofy little watermelon thing. Um, a story that I've told, I was just kind of exploring when I was playing a demo, and I ran into this house, and I mean, like, you can go into houses and explore, so I was running up and down, and I went up to the third floor, out to the balcony, and the two people who lived there in the house were standing there, and they were talking, and one of them, the wife said, I just don't feel comfortable having those trunks stored in the, in the cellar. I was trying to remember exactly what she said, but she said, I don't feel, and I was like, huh. Okay, so I ran down to the cellar, and there were there was a little pile of trunks in the corner. Now something's going on there, and I don't think it was ready because right, there wasn't right, anything right. I could do with the trunks. But and you, I mean, you've just got everything in between, and it's not okay. Now you fight a medium-sized dragon. Now you fight a large dragon. Now you fight a small dragon. <laughs> and it's, the cool thing I mean, with that too so is you didn't, you didn't walk in the room, and they didn't have a big exclamation mark over their head, and be like, "I was a quest giver, and here's some all text, and then you go down to my." Go down to my cellar and re please remove my trunks that I feel uncomfortable with. Like <laughs> right, yeah. She was just saying that to her husband, and the only reason I noticed is because I saw, I saw the little text bubble out of the corner of my eye and turned around to look, hmm. and I and you know it was just it, it was just enough to where I said I need to go check that out and see what she's talking about. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So let's talk about the lore for a second. I mean, the way that using but, this wiki. But Mike has such an interesting look on his face. What are you I thinking, know. Mike? I mean, I, I, I definitely I agree with the lady, man. Like sometimes I have you know, I have some trunks that are uncomfortable. Junk and so in the trunks. I, I don't do you want need a to. You know, 
I, I mean, sometimes, not right now. I'm good now. My, my trunks right now are comfortable. But oh, good. Sometimes. Hey, Gary, I apologize. I thought he had something to contribute. No. Yeah, thanks for throwing that at me there. <laughs> <laughs> you just look like you were thinking so hard. I was, really interest, I was really interested in the way that that, that whole thing was rolling out. Uh, and then we got to the trunks, and I was like, and then I was like, what's, what's, what's going on? Of the trunks. I was really actually interested in your story, and there's like, I can't do it with the trunks. It's like, no, I can't do it with the trunks. I know, and you know why that stuck with me? It's because it bothers me, and I want to know. And yeah, I will yeah, go I find that. that when the game is live, and I will go find it's out what's up with those trunks. On your to do list. <laughs> what the heck is in those I'm trunks? I need check to know. On those ladies' trunks. So they, yeah. um, they talked a bit about the, uh, the overarching storyline of Guild Wars 2 um, Dragon Zaitan. 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 Excuse me. And uh, they, this is which kind of said. Ara is where the dragon lives. Zaitan doesn't get up and wander around the world. He sits in Ara, and his minions bring him things to eat and things to make him powerful and anything else that the inscrutable minds of the hurricane is looking for. Why do they refer to him as a hurricane? Because that's how Re talks. Because she's awesome like that. Wow. All right. As a player character, you're going to need to defeat. Zaitan, that's simply where you have to go because he's not going to come to you. So it's playable, and we expect the players to look forward to the great battles against Zaitan on his turf and in his city. So what's going on here? I mean, it sounds like a really big deal for the Guild Wars 2 community that they're focusing on this. What's actually so special about this area and, and Zaitan? Okay, well, Ara and Or, those are like those are very important historical parts of Guild Wars. Um, it's a place that we're familiar with in Guild Wars 1. We've never been able to go because it's underwater. Um, the kingdom of Or, Ara is the capital city of Or, and Or was a big holy city. Um, I'm, I'm like doing this from memory now. It was one of the three main human kingdoms in Tyria. Um, there was a big cataclysm, and there's just a lot of lore there that I won't delve into, but Or sank underwater. Um, so we've never been able to go there. A lot of people were killed. Zaitan is now he's in Ara. I mean, he's he's bringing this up to the surface, and all of those people that were killed, those are his undead minions now. That's that's what's doing his bidding. Why? So why Or is, has always been there. And why, why why is this dragon so important to the entire storyline? What's what's going on? This is the big bad of Guild Wars Two. This is the big big. I guess you could say end boss, but I hate to do that. He is the big bad at launch. That is the big elder dragon that you're going to confront. Now, does that – it's weird because you say Don't that. Say it's, it, it's almost like, okay, we're going to go fight him. Does that – I mean that obviously means that you're going to defeat him. I, I would well, think. I would might. doubt they were going to make an encounter where you don't defeat him unless it's like you know they, they want to pull like yeah. it's a dream or he's now a soul and he's you – know, I don't know. They could do something like that. But does that sort of or allude he, to does – that, does that allude to possibly even a bigger picture with, with more uh, sort of entities, dragons, gods, whatever behind – that as well? Well, actually there is, yeah, there's a much bigger picture. He's not the only Elder Dragon. Um, there are multiple ones, and they're still out there. So Zaitan is the only one, this is the only Elder Dragon that we're going to encounter at lunch when Guild Wars 2 initially releases, but we know they're more. I was going to say, this is, not the old, out there. this is not the only dragon in Guild Wars 2, right? I no, mean, but the Elder Dragons are like the really, I mean, those are like the huge big bads. And the, but this is the only one that we get to see at launch. So they're holding some back. Hmm. 
I mean, can we expect these to fall along the lines of, so she mentions, like, a hurricane. Maybe she meant that a little more uh, literally, like, or maybe not, I guess, not literally, but maybe there's, like, the hurricane one. Let's think um, Captain Planet, for example, right? Earth, wind, fire, water, <laughs> hearts, right? We'll be part out of it. But is, is there, like, an elemental type thing going along, like, trend with the different dragons? Is that what it is? Because she says hurricane, well, and I can't imagine she just pulled it out. I was like, oh, yeah, something, oh, a hurricane. So I don't think she just did that. I think there's probably some kind of reference there. Probably one of the books that Gary read by osmosis. I'm just, not tell- I'm just not telling you about it, man. I'm keeping it to myself. I don't want to ruin it. I want to- this is- the show is not about spoiler alerts, man. You gotta go read this stuff. Man, if you really read Sea of Sorrows, we're gonna we're gonna have a talk. So that would make me sad. <laughs> I am waiting for that book. I'm watching. I'm, I'm, so I'm watching chat book. though. What's funny? And 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 don't get angry. I'm yes. bringing it up. Chat's bringing this up. But a lot of people are sort of saying, like, is this like Deathwing? Like, is this like you know part of? If you looked at the first, if Guild Wars two, the first push. This is like, you know, the launch and then there'll be expansions. Is this like the big, big sort of, you know, climactic ending to the the first launch of Guild Wars 2? And then, you know, we'll see other big, huge dragons and entities and whatever else in, in further expansions. But is that how, to, how kind of gamers who may not understand this kind of look at this? Maybe. I don't know. Mike, how f- are you guys familiar with Deathwing? Because I'm not a WoW fan. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. so here's here's oh, wow, clearly sucks. Um, so Stop that. here's the thing. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to you could say yes, it's an aspect, right? Uh, it's it's a an element or whatever you want to say. You could say that those those objects exist in WoW. It's obviously going to be in like every piece of lore out there that re- exists in like this fantasy uh, realm. Uh, but to compare Deathwing to the dragons that I've seen in Guild Wars 2 is just stupid. I mean, like, I've seen the dragons, like, the the the, 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 uh, the little CG clips they put out, uh, and the dragons there definitely look a lot better than Deathwing does. So, yes, are you drawing okay. uh, parallels between elements and aspects and all that stuff? I guess, yeah, probably, I guess, but, but I, guess, I guess I'm not totally looking at it from, like, a design perspective. More of a, that was the climax of... Cataclysm, right? Like you, you, you took down Deathwing. That was what it all led up to, and then, then you're gonna hang out for a while and wait for the next expansion. Yeah, it, so it, it, it was all about actually. Zaitan to me is like all about the shattering, right? But Zaitan is gonna be all about getting to the point of taking down Zaitan. At that point, mm. not that you're not the game's over at that point, but that's the big. Right. That's what you're working towards as the bigger picture for for the initial push. Is what I'm saying. I mm. can kind okay. of see that. And actually, Mike, I have to point out. You said you've seen the dragons. Those are the little ones. Seriously. Really, like what? Like ripping those off toenails are... or something? Is that really? Those are those are uh, the lieutenants of the elder dragons. They've showed us two. Um, we've seen the shatterer, and that's the black and purple crystal one. And then we've seen Tequadal the sunless, who is the undead dragon in the water. Uh, those are just those are lieutenants of the real elder dragons now do we know anything so about this the little ones. i'm gonna keep I'm, I'm, I'm looking at chat while i'm doing this because i'm realizing in chat there's a lot of questions and again a lot of these questions are going to come up because there's a lot of new people watching the show there's a lot of people just learning about guild wars 2 and don't know everything yeah. inside and out so i saw a good question and somebody said like so what does that mean is zaitan like an open world end game boss or is this because the, they 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 you know, were referencing that last week we talked about how there's not rating per se like in in, in other mmos so does this just happen in the open world? Like, do we know how this is actually going to play out? Well, I don't see. This is speculation on my part. I don't see how it could possibly be an instance to deal, because the little, like I said, the lieutenants, those can scale up to a hundred players, 
we know we do know that we have five man dungeons in Guild Wars 2. I fail to see how you could take on Zaitan with five people. So the best I can figure, I mean, you're going to have to get there, and that's what she said. You have to go to where he is. So maybe it's going to be someplace difficult to get to. I'm not sure. I'm interested to see how the mechanics of that work. It's because none of us have, we haven't fought Zaitan. Right. He's not in the demos. Right, and right mm -hmm. now we can only kind of make speculations and try and run parallels to other games we may have played. That's why I'll bring up like Warcraft and Deathwing and things like that. And it's just interesting how they may do this. And yeah, I mean, could you, it's, I mean, trying to put together a raid of 100 people to take down this boss would be just insane. So it kind of almost does sound like this might be an open world event of a world boss. I mean, Mike, what do you think? 100 people? Open world sounds more realistic. 100 people, it's my frames! Um, <laughs> yeah, really? I mean, it's, you know, these things are always, if it's open worlds, uh, then it could be viewed as, okay, there's a couple of things. One, um, that's really awesome that at the beginning, everyone's going to be going and doing all these bosses. And then, of course, as time goes on and, and people and players become more and more powerful, they're going to become just easier and easier to the point to where there's kind of useless, right? Uh, or pointless to even go and, and farm or whatever. Uh, but just, I mean, in the beginning, for however long it lasts, it could last you know, two years, who knows, uh, where that boss or that character is viable and, and difficult to defeat, having between, you know, 50 and 100 players out there on the battlefield just sounds awesome going to be interesting. Keep looking at it. So last week we talked a little bit about the underwater combat in Guild Wars 2. know how much everybody I love the underwater combat in other MMOs. Oh, you love that I stuff. know, that but it's so going to be cool. different. I know. I get it. Uh, You're going to like it. I, I know. No, I know. I keep joking. And I know I say that because I hate it in other MMOs and I'm really looking forward to it in Guild Wars 2. So in the interview, uh, Ree says that uh, most of the game takes place on land, but uh, she also talked about how important the uh, the water actually is. So she said... We wanted water to be a very important part of the game. We've hidden things in the water area, especially around ore that are ancient, just as old as ore. And we want players to go and explore those areas and experience some of that history. So this doesn't sound like just kind of like, you know, jump in, have some underwater combat, jump back out. I mean, it sounds like there's a bigger picture here, right? Yeah. Um, actually, I have a story. So I'll, I won't make it a very long story. Um, but while we were, a bunch of us were playing the demo during the Fan Day event, and I jumped in. We were going to check out some underwater combat, and we jumped in, and we actually had a goal that we were going for. I mean, there was a place that we had a destination in mind, and this was some place we were going to go. And we start swimming, and out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, wait a minute, what's that over there? Because over here off to the side there's something and I see some big structure underwater and there's some creatures swimming around it and then I realized that they were um, these creatures called quaggan and everybody loves the quaggan because they're just super super cute um, but that's like a whole that's like a whole other rant um, so I swam over there and it was a sunken statue Guild Wars 1 players and lore fanatics are going to go insane over what's underwater because so much of Tyria is now underwater because oh, of Zaitan. Right. Oh, right. It was cool. a sunken statue that is currently in Guild Wars 1 that you can That's actually cool. like go to and interact with. So I went under there and then, and I'm swimming around underwater, I'm just checking out this statue and I'm talking to the quaggan that are kind of swimming around, they're aquatic creatures. And then these pirates come up, these pirates swim up and start attacking the quaggan. And bam, I've got a new event. And meanwhile, my entire group is like a mile away. <laughs> You're like, guys, Dude, come back, quick. Sorry. But that kept happening. I mean, we'd go underwater, 
and we'd have something to do. We'd have a we'd have a goal, and I'd look off to and I love exploring. I mean, I just love seeing all of these little nooks and crannies that the devs put in, and I'd see. Wait a minute, there's an underwater cave here. I gotta go check this out. Oh, that's and something. And that's something Everywhere I, was, I turned. And that's something I was going to point out with that statement is that another thing. I'm an explorer as well. I just I love exploring in MMOs and just going off the beaten path and like seeing something off in the distance and wanting to go after it. And this sounds like it's an explorer's dream game to just go find all oh, these things that Oh my gosh. And it sounds like there's going to be a lot of things like obviously you you don't have like a quest log with a little like, you know, thing telling you go here to go look at the uh, you know, the monument that's been that's been buried underwater from from Tyria. Yeah, it's so cool. Actually, and you know what? Somebody's asking in chat now. Um, that's a very, very good question if you don't know and you're not familiar. Somebody asked if there was a breath meter. And when you go underwater, and from a lore perspective, it's this little device that the Asura invented because they're super smart. When you go underwater, you automatically get this little breathing mask, and you can stay under there unlimited time. So you can literally explore under there for hours and hours and hours. And from the little bit I've seen, there's enough there to keep you underwater for hours. Oh, that's good. Nobody likes having to come to the surface. I know. Because after a while, you just stop paying attention to that breath meter, and you're just like, do do do. Do you think? Yep, they just uh, completely took that out of the equation. Do you think? I mean, does this make? Does it make it sound like? Do you think that there's going to be like almost like almost in a sense like a whole second world to explore? I mean, is almost all of Tyria going to be not all of it, but a lot of it going to actually be underwater to go back and explore and see like just this like almost second world? Well, it's not that all of Tyria is underwater. A lot of the familiar places that we know have been flooded, but it's more like this was a lot of Tyria. I mean, like Krita, much of Krita was a coastal area, and you could see, you'd go around the edges and you could see the ocean, but you couldn't go in. Mm. And now we can go in, and we can see all of that stuff that we haven't been able to get to in past years. You know, I'm... I'm... So I'm I'm curious now, like I'm I'm interested in seeing more development on their on the underwater stuff, not just what we've already seen, but more because uh, there's only there's only so much you could do with underwater scenes, right? Like underwater will always look like underwater. There's a there's a blue haze filter over the over the your your client, so it looks like you're underwater. There's every, everything's moving the same. There's various different like you know uh, plant and seaweed and stuff like you're coming up from the floor and the, yeah. everything. So I'm I'm curious if they're gonna go if they're gonna go to the extreme. And because if if you have such a large amount of your content underwater, you want to do your best to make it not seem just like monotonous and you're just seeing through the same thing over and over again. I'm not saying you're going to see the exact same thing over yeah. and over again, but I'm hoping that they actually go off. Uh, and, and just get crazy with it, you know, like put giant, crazy underwater trees and have like a giant, crazy underwater tree forest, under, uh, you know, and and, and, that even go, and that goes into the dynamic events. I'm sure we're going to see dynamic events under the water. I'm sure mm -hmm. we're going to see right. like crazy things just happen out of nowhere that don't happen all the time like that, that, that just like on land don't change until the players actually affect them and change them. I'm a, I, I would pretty much put money on it. You're probably going to see that underwater well, as well. Yeah, we know that. I mean, that's actually what I ran into with those Quaggan. It I got the new event nearby. Right. Um, and I got a new goal to fight off these pirates. And I really, really wanted to because actually what caught my eye, I saw, I was just checking out this statue um, and kind of looking and seeing how it decayed and what it looked like compared to what I know. And you see out of the corner of your eye, one of the little Quaggan said, please stop hurting Quaggan. <laughs> they talk about themselves in the third person. And, and you just went, oh, and you have to go help them. But that is, I mean... I was underwater for five minutes and I got a dynamic event. And I think as a side note for new listeners uh, watching the show, what's really interesting, especially for me, I've talked a lot about how I just kind of don't really enjoy underwater combat in other MMOs whatsoever. 
Uh, and the really interesting thing that, that Guild Wars 2 is doing is that once you go underwater, your entire skill bar, all your skills actually change out. They completely change. Everything on there changes, and it becomes tailored to underwater combat and being underwater, which gives them so much more control, I think, over actually helping mold the experience and making it, you know, just 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 tailored to that. And plus, like you said, they got rid of the breath meter, so there's none of that garbage. Uh, I, I think also the... Um, if I'm right, I think they've also talked about sort of the, just the speed of combat. They're not slowing that down. It's not like everything just like right. slows down to molasses when you get into water like some other games. So they're doing some really interesting things with, with underwater combat, and it, it looks really interesting. I know I say that with you know a bit I of want. skepticism because it's just, just because they, all the other ones have always been like, oh, i got to go do these quests underwater. Man, really? Can I skip these? No, you know what I want? I want to just be there the first time you play underwater combat. That's that's what I want. Because it's that good. <laughs> yes, because I, I want you to go. Oh, You're gonna make a believer. Now I get it. <laughs> uh, no, I just want to jump up and down and go. I told you. Check well, this it's, just, out. it's just it's 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 known that in in most MMOs, probably all underwater combat typically sucks. Yep. It, it usually it just sucks, and so yeah, Gary's right. It's it's never like the. It may look great, and it may be great for like two hours, like Vashir in WoW. That's great for like two hours. I yeah, but it's not good for like days. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Now check so. this well, out. This is something I didn't know about in Guild Wars Two at all. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we know about naval battles? What? Sort of. Sort of, but um, we didn't really have any kind of real information, right? I mean, here, check this out. This is this is what. Uh, this is what she said here about this. Uh, one of the quest chains that I'm writing right now is about the Navy and about how one way to attack the dragon in Ara is using ships. And, of course, to get to the continent and the place where Or is, you're going to have to go across the water. Naval battles. I'm loving it. I mean, think of the possibilities here. You've got mm-hmm. na- ships off the coast. You've got ground troops on the ground, like, coordinating fights to take down dragons. I mean, it sounds awesome. Well, Gary, do you remember when you were reading Edge of Destiny? Do you remember I that do. naval battle? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I didn't know that that was like going to be translated like to the game, though. I, I, <laughs> that's what my mind um, is blown. When was that? What was no, that battle? Was just... Wait, what was that battle? Like? What was it again? I know. Wait, here. I'll refresh your memory, okay? There was this... They had to go fight this dragon in Edge of Destiny, and they modded these ships. I mean, it's an undead it's an undead army, so they're, like, stabbing them in the head, and nothing's happening, and they're shooting arrows in their chest, and they just keep coming. So they took these two really decrepit ships, and the Asura modded them to where they, like, emptied out the, they emptied out the hold and put basically meat grinders inside the hold of these things, and then set all these spring-loaded trapdoors on the surface of the ship. So the undead would come up there, and this, I gagged reading this, this was so gross. The undead would board the ship, come across, fall through these trapdoors, be ground up, and spit out the portholes on the side of the ship. I remember, I remember that, that was brilliant. That was know, just, that was, great? It, it was, I knew. It was, it was I blew my mind, I was like, that's that. unbelievable, <laughs> these guys are just geniuses. <laughs> Yeah, that part, yeah, Paige, what was it? Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I've got Edge of Destiny sitting here. I will give you $100 to tell me what page it was on. Oh, wow. <laughs> what about, wait, what? And, and this didn't this lead to believe, uh, what about what about air attacks? Okay, this is so cool to me. We saw, we saw Zeppelins in one, of the, in one of the trailers, and we talked about this. And I'm going to cheat and read this verbatim because it's just that awesome. 
She says, we wanted to do Zeppelins, but we didn't want to do them if we couldn't do them right. Uh, doing it, doing them in the trailer was sort of a promise to ourselves that we were going to do them right. When we put the Zeppelins in the trailer, we knew we were going to program them into the game. So they're going to be there. They're going to be there. So now you've got nice. air combat, nav- uh, you know, water combat. You've got ground combat. Yeah, and we don't really know details, but we know these things exist. I mean, she said she's writing a quest that involves naval battle. And there was more details here about coming in with some of this uh, – there's talk of a deep sea dragon as well, right? I mean this is a different dragon than Zaitan, right? This is a different dragon. This is one of the other uh, elder dragons. We don't know his name. People call him Bubbles. Bubbles? Bubbles the dragon? Really? Does Michael Jackson yeah, own him? Does Michael Jackson? <laughs> Ew. Um, you know, you know no, Bubbles the, the Chimp, arena. right? Bubbles the Chimp. Michael Jackson had the Chimp. Was yeah, Bubbles, Bubbles the Chimp. Yeah. But no, I think this is even scarier than that, and that was pretty freaking scary. That's what we don't say. know about. Why, why is he called Bubbles? Just um, lives under the water? I mean, and then we don't know anything about him? Well, he can create tentacled minions. I mean, this is one of the Elder Dragons. This is like Saitan's bud. They're BFFs. Um, let's see. So they're actually deliberately not telling us too much. They said he does have a name. Evidently, it's not Bubbles, which is a little disappointing, but that's okay. Um, he can create tentacled minions. We do know that. Can he uh, moonwalk? He can, can he moonwalk? Giant. That's, can he, Wouldn't that's, that be great? They should. They should. He All can right, moonwalk. That is, that'd be killer. No, seriously. That's my no, request. But so now, how do I how do I interpret this? So does this mean that after Zaitan, there's actually a bigger and badder dragon to defeat, or does this come earlier than Zaitan? Like I'm trying to understand the the sort of. No, no. Flow. This is after Zaitan. Uh, Zaitan is the only elder dragon we're going to see at launch. But there are two more. There are two more entire countries. I mean, we've got. I want so badly to say Tyria. The word Tyria is trying to come out of my mouth, and that's where we start. Uh, we've got Cantha and Alona that we still, I mean, according to the lore, they're still out there, and we are cut off from them for different reasons. Actually, we're cut off from Alona because of another elder dragon. Um, so they are deliberately holding this back. I mean, and what we're looking at now, this is, um, that's the Shatterer. That's one of the lieutenants. That's one of the little dragons that I was mentioning before. But we've got these big ones that they're holding back to kind of maintain that mystery and to have, we know there are other battles the size and scope of Zaitans, maybe even bigger, still to come, even after lunch. Yeah, this is the little baby, little cute lieutenant. The, yeah. Little this is guy. the little one. Little guy. Just junior. <laughs> yep. So Scrappy. I can't even, I want to see the Elder Dragon so badly. I mean, if this is one of the little ones, this is just killing me. I need to see the big ones. <laughs> Come on, show us bubbles. All right, so at the end of the interview, uh, Guild Wars Insider took some questions from form goers, and Bargamer asked uh, asked about a climactic moment from uh, the Guild Wars 2 novel, Edge of Destiny, one of my favorites. Um, it's a great read. It's amazing. Um, the question is, did Logan abandon his friends of his own free will? So seriously, not joking around. I didn't read it. Um, give me some backstory here. What is he talking about? I mean, it sounds like just some random little spat, but obviously if he's asking this question, there must be a bigger story here. Yes, it's important. Actually, and you know what? Bar Gamer's in chat right now. So that was kind of cool. And I, did not, I didn't know that when I picked that question. Okay, so Logan, I'm trying to decide how far back to go. I don't want to like completely bore you guys to death. But part of the overarching story when you're going to fight Zaitan is that you have this guild, the Edge of Destiny, and they are 
five heroes, one from each of the five playable races. They had a, there was just a big thing, and this was part of the catalyst to the group breaking up, and you're trying to help them rejoin as a group so they can help you take on Zaitan. So Logan abandoning his friends in the books, um, he had a little thing for Queen Jenna, the human queen. And Queen Jenna is a mesmer. This was this was like the big thing that made everybody sure last year that, oh my gosh, the mesmer's in the game. There's a mesmer, there's a mesmer. Because they kept talking about how she mesmerized him and she was using her mesmer powers. Gotcha. Um, so Logan, I mean, he's very, very important to the story. He is the descendant of Kieran Thackeray, a character that we have been helping along in Guild Wars 1. And his... Kieran Thackeray's wife is Gwen. I mean, you know, Gwen from Guild Wars 1? Mm -hmm. I have the North? Yeah, I remember. Just say, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you read totally. that book too, didn't you? <laughs> I've read all ten of them. Gwen Are you kidding is, me? It's already, I know, already right? said. I've read ten of them. Um, Gwen is a very, very, I mean, Gwen is a very core part of Guild Wars 2. She's almost the mascot, if I can be forgiven that word. Um, okay, so Logan is their descendant. He is a core part of this very important group that is working on taking on Zaitim. But he's also got this very, very fierce loyalty to Queen Jenna. And throughout the book, he was writing her all of these letters saying, you know, I'm doing this, I'm fighting these battles, I'm tracking down this dragon, and I'm doing it for you. But if you need me, all you need to do is call, and I will leave them, and I will come to your side, because I'll know that you're in danger and you need me. So at the end of the book, it was a climactic battle. They were actually getting ready to head in and take on one of the other elder dragons. And she called him and said, I'm here's where I am. I'm in Ebon Hawk. I need you to come to me. And they were literally ready to march out to battle. And he turned around. And he said, "I have to go," and he bailed on the rest of the group. And that was that was kind of the breaking point there. And and I mean there were there were more, but that was kind of one of the catalysts. And it's a big part of the storyline. So that's must be some pretty good. Ooh. Yeah. Well, and there's just huge fan debate on. Did he do this of his own free will, or did she use her mesmer powers to make him do this? So. I, get, I get it. She used her mesmer powers. You know, what that, you, know, powers. you know what that yeah. means. Yeah. Chat, <laughs> somebody in chat saying bros over hose. So you know what that exactly means. Is. Her that's mesmer exactly powers. <laughs> yes. There's so much going on here, and it's like, it totally sounds like, yeah, it's totally like just girlfriend aggro. Like, that's this is what I'm hearing here. <laughs> oh, okay, Mike, 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 there's there's a story. Re in this interview, she told this story. One of the things she did was write like a little in-house joke about these five people in Destiny's Edge, and they were getting ready to go out and kill something. And she wrote them as like a group of people, like they were on vent, playing the game. And Logan went AFK, and Kate was like, hang on, Logan's got girlfriend aggro. And she actually said that, so that's funny. there you go. I, I, I'm, I know, I know that because I, I watched. You were there. Yes. I, I was you were there. there. Hey, quick, quick question things. about like all this story. There's a ton of stuff going on here, right? And we, we, we we've just actually been talking about this on some of the other shows. I think we we touched on this one this week in MMO and even Legendary. We've been talking about it like in general. It's a huge topic right now is story because of that other lightsaber game that's going on and has story. My question is though, I've heard that. Am I gonna? Am I going to learn most of this stuff, do you think, while I'm playing Guild Wars 2? Or am I going to have to go outside of the game and read these books and try and get – I mean I know you'll get – there's 
going to be more of it in the books. But something like – we talked about this and I said, you know, something in World of Warcraft was really kind of – I used to play with somebody who was really into the lore. We'd go into like, you know, a dungeon or something and he'd start pointing out like why this race was here and why this was here and knew all of that stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, that's really cool that there's like, you know, there's, there's meaning behind all of this stuff. Yet in the game, I wasn't learning that stuff and I needed to go after like buy novels and things like that to understand it. Do you think we're going to learn about most of this stuff in the game or are we going to have to kind of go outside? I absolutely do not think we're going to have to go outside. I trust ArenaNet to build this story within the game and not say, well, you can do this, but it's not going to make any sense unless you buy our books and you know sign up for our newsletter. I hope so. Um, I, I mean, think, I hope that's the I feel like the take. books. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like the books are for really hardcore lore fanatics. Like Mike, because yeah, that's a big. That's a big. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say. I mean, just to, just to reiterate what you said, pretty much. Uh, that's that's a big thing for for gamers who. Because honestly, let's let's be let's be honest here. People who are into Guild Wars two now and have been for the past year, they're sold on the game. We don't we, we don't care about you guys. It's, it's great you guys are involved. We want to get more people into that game to play with you, but we have to know that when they get in there, this is why I ask all these questions that people hate me for. Because I want you to make sure that. When I do a BFF report on this game, that I know that when I when I explain these things, that people are going to get it and they're going to be able to get in there and they're not going to feel like I just jumped into this thing and I obviously need to go read like twenty books. I'm not going to do that. What a waste of my money. So that's <laughs> this is why. And no, I'm serious. That, that's, no, that's, that's the approach that that these gamers take. They get in there and if they have to go buy books in order to get this stuff, then that's some people are going to be like, no, they're just, they're not going to want to do that. See, I feel like those are questions you should ask, though, because if they market this only to the hardcore fans, those of us that have been like completely psycho for five years about this, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. They need to market this to a broader mo- to a broader market, and you know the whole thing. I mean, we've talked about personal story on Guild Wars two before. You've got, I mean, you've got your individual, your personal story, and I think that is where you're going to get the majority of this. It's going to be for your character, and your character is going to be a part of it. So. I think you're going to get all those little details that you need just playing the game. Yeah, I hope, I hope, and I know, I don't, I guess I don't expect every granular detail, but it'd be nice. I'm just going to use this as an example, but you brought up going underwater and finding that, you know, that, uh, uh, statue that's sunken, you know, like that's something that maybe, you know, a lot of players coming are going to be in Guild Wars 2 will have no idea where that came from. It'd be kind of nice to somehow maybe learn that that stuff underwater came from Guild Wars 1 and there's a reason, you know, there's something behind it. And I, like I said, I don't expect the in depth amount of information but that. yeah i mean that's that's kind of stuff that like i when i played these games like i kind of wonder why you know because you just got super psyched about why that was there like that was a moment for you where we were like that's so cool but for for me I, I would come across that and be like oh there's a monument in the water yeah hey fish people swimming Pirate. around a statue Woo-hoo. yeah it wouldn't mean nearly as much but maybe if i was kind of fed some information a little bit about that and kind of knew the the the, the what it meant to you in Guild Wars 1, it'd be like, wow, that's pretty cool. I, that's what I'm hoping. Okay, now, now that's like on my to-do list to go back at Mike's. I'm going to have to make this to-do list. i got to go check out those trunks. i got to figure out because I swam up to that statue. And here's, here's when I come up. I, I swim up to the statue and I'm like, oh, these are Quaggan. And these are the creatures that we talked about at PAX last year. And they're very, very cute. And they're very humble and self-effacing. But they hulk out when they get mad. And, oh, they're swimming around the statue. And it's Melandru. The, the goddess that, well, she's associated with rangers in Guild Wars 1, and this statue is in the Temple of Ages in Guild Wars 1, and they're calling her Malagan because that's how they talk. And that, that was what I got just from swimming up and looking at it. Hmm. So now I want to look. If I have another opportunity, 
I'm going to go look and see, okay, from somebody's point of view who does not know this, what can they pick up just talking? Yeah, maybe, like I said, I don't know. can I, interact with the statue or maybe you I can talk to the quagga. And I definitely don't expect like, you know, all of this information to come out, of course. And that might be like too, too you know, granular of a detail point to put out there. I just hope, I, I don't know. I, I do hope that I can, I, can, I, can, I can learn a bit more about the world than, than most MMOs because I feel like, you know, there's people's behind – these stories who are, are are really dedicated to writing the books and, and being, you know, going over every single detail. I, I want to be clued in. I hope I'm clued in a little bit more than like some other MMOs out there. All right, let's do some viewer questions. First up, Craig uh, McFarland says, is Guildcast going to be limited to GW2 only or will news about the original Guild Wars find its way onto the show on occasion? It's a good question. Um, I mean, we're going to focus mainly on Guild Wars 2, but I think that, that especially when we start talking about like today's show, it's a perfect example. We start talking about lore and a lot of Guild Wars 1 just kind of comes into it. So I guess that's the answer right there. We're going to probably yeah. talk more about Guild Wars 2, but I think it's going to overlap and you're going to see uh, Guild Wars 1 lore and things like that trickle in. All right, next question. Uh, have, go ahead. Yeah, we're not going to have like a show about the Elementalist update if that's what you're asking. Right, yeah, we're not going to like cover like new news and stuff like that. And I know like, you know, they're saying Guild Wars uh, is going to be uh, supported post Guild Wars 2 launch. So it's going to keep going. We're not going to be covering the news and stuff like that on Guild Wars. Uh, we're mainly going to stick to what's the, what the new fresh and shiny is because we're, we're like that. All right. Charles Tundro says, what exactly are the racial abilities for each race? Can Azuras get into giant golems? I'm going to leave this all up to you, Ruby, because I already know the yes. answers to this, and I just don't want to you know, eclipse your, your knowledge. You don't want to – I know. You don't want to like hog the limelight, yeah, do you? exactly. You're so generous. You can get in Asura golems. Um, they have an elite called Golem Battlesuit, and that's what you can do. Uh, the racial skills are actually extremely, extremely cool. Um, Gollum Battlesuit is absolutely one of my favorites, especially since I love the Asura race anyway. Um, the Norn racial skills are my second favorite. You can take on, you can have bear form, raven form, snow leopard form, or wolf form, and you actually turn into those creatures. Now, that is just the coolest racial skill. I love it, love it, love it. Cool. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, those are like the two that I get really excited about. Uh, there are some human racial skills that are associated with the gods. Um, shoot, Hounds of Balthazar, I think. Hounds of Balthazar. But there are, there are some racial skills for that. And then, you know, they all have, they all have their own cool skills. You can probably guess my two favorite. I think the bottom line is, yes, there are racial abilities for each race. And you can yes. head over and hit the Guild Wars 2 wiki and probably look all them up. But you, uh, Charles was mainly uh, concerned about getting into giant golems. And, yes, you can. So good for you. And you can. You are happy. All right, next up, last one. Nathan Finn says, with so many different MMOs out there, what would be the three unique things in Guild Wars 2 that will grab people's attention. Good question, especially for the new people coming out there. I think uh, let's each answer this. I'm, I'm going to go with one thing. Maybe we'll all go with one thing. Um, I'm going to say the PvP for me. I, I think the world versus world versus world. And I'm not going to go into like the details of what that is. But if you're into PvP, uh, I totally, Nathan, I totally suggest you go look that up and go do some digging and research on, on how they're setting up their PvP. Uh, there's actually it's actually really good. I can't remember who did it, but there's a video up on YouTube. If you search for uh, WVWVW, I think Guild Wars Two on YouTube, you'll find somebody who put a really good representation with some VO and some 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 little uh, pictures and stuff that really explain it really well. And it's really interesting for a PvP perspective. 
Uh, Mike, what about you? Um, gonna have to go with the pay model, Bob. <laughs> because I mean, it's it's nice to be able to get into a game that you just you get in, you you buy it, so you you basically block out. Um, the nice thing about their specific, uh, you buy the box, play the game, and that's it type model is that you're able to filter out all the people who are just they just hop and they just want to download it and try it. So you have and they're so basically you have all these people that just you want to get in, look around, and be like. This game sucks. Going back to WoW, and, and, and they're taking up—they're taking up your queue times, they're taking up your resources, and they're just making things not happen for you. So at least you have that initial investment that will prevent just the freeloaders from coming in and just essentially ruining your experience early early on. Yeah, and I don't know if you—I don't know if you exactly said this, but you're talking about no subscription fee. You said pay model, but I don't know if Nathan might not know that there's no subscription fee. So I'm just clarifying. No, that's that. why. That's why I said you buy you buy the box and then you and right. then you go buy it yeah, and you're I mean. good you and that's box, it. Then you go. You know exactly. You have to pay probably for you're expansions. You're done spending. You're done spending. Yep. No fifteen dollars a month. No ten dollars a month. No nothing. Just play. So good one, Ruby. What about you? Love it. Love it. Love it. Man, I like Mike's answer. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, but you know what? I think everybody's going to get such a kick out of the grouping mechanics, especially combined with dynamic events, and I know that's cheating a little bit, but I'll make it one answer. Um, the fact that, I mean, I've said before that I love that ArenaNet respects the solo players enough to make sure they have as much content as anybody else does and that you can still enjoy the benefits of group play and not actually have to join a group and do the whole organized group thing, okay, let's all venture out together. You can just run across people doing the same dynamic events as you, enjoy the battle together, fight, gain the same benefits through things like the cross-profession combos, um, you get the healing, you get all that good stuff, and then you can just go about your merry way. I like that. So there you go. PvP, no subscription model and no, sub, no subscription fee, I should say, and uh, the dynamic events and uh, grouping system. Three things, uh, Nathan, I, I suggest you go and kind of do a little more research and dig around on the wiki and things like that and check out yes. guildwars2.com because there's a lot of interesting things that they're doing differently. So it's quite confusing for a lot of new people out there because they're doing everything different. And I had a hard time only picking one. I know. I know. We could have gone on and on and on. Uh, Mike B. Follow him on the Twitter at uh, a.k.a. Mike B. Of course, go over to Zam.com, watch the BFF report and everything else he does here on GameBreaker.tv, like Legendary, Twemo, some other cinema thing, maybe, sometimes. He is Legion. Uh, Ruby, you can follow her on the Twitter at R-U-B-I underscore. Don't forget the underscore after there. And we do the show every single thursday live right here on gamebreaker.tv for guildcast so come on over we do it live at uh 6 pst on gamebreaker.tv live you want to come over and hang out and chat with the room and everything else and you can follow me on twitter at gary gannon and you can also follow gamebreaker tv at gamebreaker tv and if you like what we do here and uh you like this episode of guildcast or any of the other shows that we do we run everything here on donations so if you go over to gamebreaker.tv there's a little donate button you can click that and uh, send us a few bucks it all goes back into making this possible for more shows and everything else we gotta do lots lots to show you guys in 2012 lots of cool stuff coming in the very 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 near future guys have a great week see you next week uh, for more Guildcast thanks guys bye bye chat room